You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 268. In this episode, I give you a sneak peek into a weekly Q&A inside my Samba community. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. On today's episode, I do something different and show you behind the scenes of Sompa by sharing with you a weekly Q&A. Every week, a post goes up on Friday afternoon and Samba students can then ask me anything about any module or anything concerning their business. The following Monday or Tuesday, depending on my travel schedule, I go live inside the Samba community and answer every single question. The idea behind the weekly Q&A is to make sure that nobody gets left behind and everyone has a chance to ask any question all year around. If you're not already in my Samba community, make sure you get on the waitlist for Samba by going to sig.com forward slash 268 and there you also find the show notes of this episode. Welcome to the weekly Q&A of Samba. In this special episode, I am answering questions that Sambas have posted in our weekly Q&A thread. I do this every single week of the year. I maybe take two weeks off during summer and Christmas, but otherwise 50 weeks out of 52 weeks, I am answering all questions that are posted in our weekly Q&A. And here on the podcast, I wanted to give you a little taster of what does such a weekly Q&A look like. Now, I have not checked the questions before, so I have no idea what questions might have come up. But let's dive in to answer the weekly Q&A. Maria is asking, what are good dates in November, December to sell? Now, as I'm recording this episode at the very end of November, I'm going to talk about December. When I was starting in my coaching business, there were two months that people said were not good to sell products or services or definitely not coaching. And that was July and December. Now, in previous episodes, I have mentioned this, that there is no bad timing to sell. There is sometimes a bad time to execute a program, but there's no bad time to sell. I have sold out the group coaching program in July and typically December is my biggest month of the year. And the biggest day of the year is 31st of December. So there is no particular date that is better or worse than the other. I wouldn't sell necessarily between the 15th and the 26th of December, although I have also made sales in these dates because this is where the days leading up to Christmas, people are busy preparing for Christmas. Maybe they are getting the last Christmas gifts. Maybe they are uh, preparing for the Christmas dinner and celebrations and not possibly in the mood to join a webinar where you are going to sell your services or products. 
But before December 15th, definitely, as any other time of the year. And actually, I have found the time between 27th of December and 31st to be extremely good because that's when people have done the biggest Christmas celebrations and are in the mood for something else. They sometimes might be even a little bit bored and they want to, well, they're browsing Facebook and they might join a webinar. So I've done webinar in this time. I typically send out emails. I'm running my 12 days of webinar. So all of these things work really well just after uh, 25th. Then it picks up again. So yes, just give it a little break around the main holidays. But other than that, December can absolutely be the best month of the year. And there's no particular date to sell anything. Maria has another question. Sometimes I get many questions from the same person. I'm thinking about extending my presence on social media beyond Facebook. Which social media platforms would you recommend knowing that I'm working with women interested in Ayurveda for personal and professional reasons? I would highly recommend, Maria, that you check out Instagram. I have clients who are also in the Ayurveda uh, field and they are using Instagram with great success. Beyond Instagram, Pinterest has been popping up a lot, but I would just focus on one social media channel at a time and really make sure that you crack the code for it. And Instagram, you will definitely find trainings within the Sompa membership site on how to use Instagram. And the key is to post something of interest and engage with your community. That's the key in all of social media anyway. So Instagram is my recommendation for you before you move to other social media platforms. Maria has a third question. Now, this is unusual, but can happen that people have more than two questions. She is asking about the video light I use when I'm recording my webinar or this Q&A for my Sampa community. I've actually created a website or I've linked to a website. So if you go to sigrun.com forward slash kit, you will find all the equipment I use to record my podcast, to record my videos, including the video light. Oops, Maria has another question. <laughs> Unusual for sure, but thank you for all the questions, Maria, because you haven't asked so many so far in previous Q&A. So this is great to get all your questions. She's planning to do something similar to my 12 days of webinars. She did it already last year, worked really well. And now she wants to understand how she gets the automation going. When one webinar is finished, how do you automatically transfer to another site? So if you haven't signed up for my 12 days of webinars, mm, you are in for a treat. I'm doing it again, the fourth year in a row, and we do not have the sign up page ready yet. So just Hold your horses. We will announce this very soon. Also on the podcast, how you can sign up for my 12 days of webinars. Actually, we're going to call it 12 days of masterclasses this time. But how do we do it? How do we uh, make sure that once a webinar has expired, that people do, are not able to watch that webinar and are automatically transferred to a page that says your 24 hour period is over. You missed it, but you can buy access and so forth. We used in the past Deadline Funnel. Deadline Funnel is a plugin that you can use with your WordPress site or also with landing page tools and automatically transfers 
people to another page. So either you can time it generally for everybody at the same time, or it can be based on when people sign up. We've used this for numerous of our products. Some landing page tools have this feature in built already. Or if you do this within your membership site, it should also be easy to give access and remove access. So both these options are there, either deadline funnel or use access-based system as with your membership site. Can you tell me which method of launch I should choose considering the 12 days will be finished? So Maria is obviously considering doing a launch right after 12 days of webinars, just like I do it myself. And the timing between the last webinar and my training is actually not long, Maria. It's just a few days. I think you could go up to a week or even two weeks, but the longer, that's of course worse. But two tied together might also lead to some exhaustion. If people have really been watching all your 12 webinars and you go straight into your launch, that might mean too much. But in my case, I think I have two, three days between my launch and my 12 days of webinars. So Flavia is uh, asking about Facebook ads are obviously a must do for online business. Where do you see the future of Facebook now that its image has suffered severely? Many of my friends are exiting Facebook due to what happened this year. Is Facebook the social media platform to be used? Is there a trend? Do you see any alternative? Great question, Flavia. Thank you. Uh, Facebook is still the main source of leads for me and my clients. So Facebook isn't going anywhere immediately. But yes, there are signs that people are exiting Facebook. People are annoyed by the newsfeed, the constant ads, and the, well, the bad things about what they're doing with our data and how they seem to ignore our concerns about it. So yes, Facebook is in trouble, but there is still no clear alternative. I can only share with Flavia and you listening to this podcast what I am planning to do. So Instagram is currently my favorite platform. It's not Facebook. Facebook is great to get leads for my webinars and my launches, but I like to hang out on Instagram. That's where I post pictures. I take pictures myself. I post them myself. So I am active there personally. On other social media platform, we use a lot of scheduling tools and my team helps me post on other social media channels. What we're going to be starting doing moving forward is moving to Pinterest and YouTube next year. Now I have a team so I can start on two channels at the same time. But if you are alone in your business and you don't have a solid team to help you, I would suggest you only start with one platform at a time. Just like I said to Maria, I suggested to her that she goes into Instagram. But if you are already on Instagram and Facebook and you want to look at something else, I suggest you look at Pinterest. I know there's a lot of people, they think Pinterest is only for stylists and interior designers and fashion designers. And no, you actually can use it for business. And it is a fantastic search engine. You just have to know how to use it. You have to describe your boards in a way that people can actually find them so that somehow it's what they're looking for, just like on YouTube or anything else that is on your website, like when you write a blog post or you name a podcast episode. So yeah, Pinterest might be something you want to look at into Flavia if you're already active on Instagram. Monica is wondering if it's useful to resend an email to people who didn't open my campaign. 
I don't send out so many emails. And this one is the announcement of an offline course and a group for next year. What do you think? I think that's a great idea, Monica. I would suggest that you not just resend the email, you actually change the subject line. So there was something about the subject line that made them not open your email. So instead of just resending the same email, change the subject line, but the rest can be the same. Definitely try that, Monica, especially when you have an important email and you're not sending out so many. Nicole uh, has a question about GDPR for freebies. She created a special checkbox for it, so every client has to actively and specially confirm that they read the data policy and want to be on my list. Is this okay without doing a double opt-in? I read that this is not really legal, necessary in Germany. I want to really skip this by doing it with that checkbox. Thanks for your advice. Nicole, my view on DTPR is possibly not what all German lawyers would agree with, but I have consulted my Swiss lawyer. I've consulted with a UK lawyer. I have read the laws almost 100%. I would say that the most important parts of the law I've read, I've done GDPR presentation. I've done three episodes on GDPR. I have a strong opinion. I think GDPR is a good thing, just to say that upfront. I think it's a great thing. I think uh, the meaning of GDPR is to protect individuals against big companies that are misusing our data, like Facebook and other. And it is not supposed to stop our businesses or online businesses of people like us. So we have to be careful uh, when law is written, how it is supposed to be interpreted. And it is a fact that Germans or German lawyers interpret laws stricter than possibly a Swiss or Icelandic or a UK lawyer. But this is a law that is applying all over the place. And that's why we need to look at that. So you need to follow some common principles in the country where you live or where your, most of your clients are. So double opt-in in Germany is a common practice. I don't use double opt-in. My business is based in Switzerland. I don't see need for using a double opt-in. I clean out my list from time to time. So I'm not to worry about it. But it's an accepted practice in Germany. Now, is it in the law? It's not in the GDPR law. There's nothing about double opt-in in the GDPR law. There might be some other law, but the GDPR law, not. Checkbox. You also do not need a checkbox. In the GDPR law, it says you have to tell people what happens with their email. And then you have to be really upfront and transparent and always give them an option to unsubscribe. That's the key. You need to have a privacy policy. They need to be able to read it before they opt in. And they need to at every point in time in every single email you send out to be able to unsubscribe. Now, coming to your question, Nicole, is this okay to skip the double opt-in and just have the checkbox? I would say it's the opposite. Because double opt-in is such a common practice in Germany, I don't really know anyone who's not doing it and is doing business in German. I would rather keep the double opt-in, which people are used to, skip the checkbox, but give very clear instructions that by signing up for my newsletter, you will receive my bonus. You reverse it. You give a bonus for signing up for the newsletter. By signing up for my newsletter, you'll receive the bonus, freebie, blah, 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 blah. Please read my privacy policy here, blah, blah, blah. And there's a link to your privacy policy. And that's it. That's what you should be doing. And for further instructions, I do have a DTPR Masterclass Inside Samba that you should take a look at. 
Agneska is asking any idea how to fix a CSV file so that the data is in separate columns, not separate by the comma. I've been growing the list by a webinar for quite some time, but I get surprised while supporting it to MailChimp. Agneska, I love your technical question. So you can import a CVS file into an Excel or a Google Sheet, and you can tell, especially when you use uh, Office, Microsoft Office, uh, Excel, you can tell Excel in the import, there's a step-by-step -step import process, if they should separate by comma, by a column, by a line, whatever other signs you could have. And it will automatically put it in columns for you. So just make you sure you're importing the file and not just opening it. Insights asking, what do you think about segmenting the email list? Should you do it from the start and offer different type of content suitable to the level of the people are at? Insa, once I heard someone say that if your list is less than 100,000 subscribers, you shouldn't bother with segmenting the list. Now, maybe that's an exaggeration, but I do think if your list is less than 10,000 subscribers, you shouldn't bother with segmenting your list. It's a lot of work to be sending out different content to different people. I think you should know who's on your list. You should have two or three buckets. So in my case, I would have people who haven't started their business yet, but obviously they're curious. That's why they're on my email list. They're listening to my podcast and they might be participating in some webinars, but they haven't started yet. So they need to find their passion and the right business idea. That would be one bucket. Another bucket would be people who have started, but they are not making six figures yet. So they're still in the phase of, yeah, some would say hustling or struggling. They're trying to figure things out. Income is not consistent. And the perfect program for them would be Samba. Now, there are others who are possibly already at 50,000 or so, getting closer to 100,000 or above 100,000. And they would be perfect for my group coaching on masterminds. So by having three buckets, I could send out an email and say, I would love to know dot, dot, dot. And inside the email, I would say, I'm creating content for 2019. I would love to know what kind of content you would want. Please click on the following links that most describe you. And then I have those three links and each link tags the person and basically puts them in my virtual bucket. This does not mean that I will write three different types of newsletters. There's no way I'm going to do that. But this will help me uh, segment my list in terms of if I am selling Passionathon, maybe I have a special promotion at the end of the year. I am not bothering the people who are already making money in their business. I will only send emails to those who tag themselves as starting out. Or I might, in terms of masterminds, if I have been uh, segmenting and targeting and, and tagging everybody correctly for a long time, I might only email those people. But honestly, I don't do it. I send my mastermind emails to everybody. And I am not too worried about segmenting my list in this much detail because I don't plan on doing three different types of newsletters. But yes, tagging I use when I send out emails and I'm checking people's interests. And I might follow up and send more emails to people who clicked towards the sales page or clicked on some link that indicated an interest in a certain topic, and I might not be emailing the others, but not to completely segment my list. Thank you for the question, Insa. Sabine 
Do you have a recommendation how to create long-term content plan for Facebook and Instagram and how to organize with this with a VA? So my long-term plan is my podcast sheet. I recently did a podcast masterclass for my Somba community. And in that masterclass, actually this masterclass is one of my 12 days webinars. So make sure if you're not a part of Somba and you want to get access to that masterclass, it's an amazing masterclass. Make sure you sign up for 12 days of webinars, actually 12 days of masterclasses, once we put the sign up patch, which will be early December. Anyway, coming back to your question, Sabine, I plan my content through my podcast. So my main content is my podcast and I have this huge Excel sheet and I type in uh, the names of podcast episodes I want to do. I connect it with my launches. So around launches, I have different topics. If I'm promoting 12 days of masterclasses, I will have different topics. So I always make sure that my content is planned. I don't plan content 12 months in advance. I think that's very unrealistic unless you really know nitty-gritty detail what you want to talk about after three, six, nine months. I don't know that. I try to plan my content, let's say, six to three months ahead. I have guest speakers. I have podcast episodes I want to talk about. I want to interview maybe clients and do some case studies. So I can plan this several weeks in advance and, and possibly three months in advance. But 12 months in advance, not in so much detail, not the name of the podcast episode. I could have a rough idea that when I do my launches, I want to do certain types of topics, but that's what you can do. How do I plan this with my VA? Well, I have to create the content and in the podcast masterclass, I shared in detail how I work together with my team. I only record the podcast episode. My team takes care of the rest, which is amazing. And that's what we do. It's teamwork. And uh, my role is to map out the content to decide what I want to talk about, to actually record the podcast episode and the team takes care of the rest. So that's how you do it. We do it through the Excel sheet completely. We do not use Asana for this, interestingly enough, although we have Asana as a project management system and use it for other projects, but for our content, Excel is a much better tool. So this is all inside the podcast masterclass and it will uh, fit exactly the same way if you're doing blogging or video. Aduni has the last question in the Q&A. What is the frequency for B2B to post on LinkedIn? And I heard in an episode on your podcast that you think Facebook is out. Well, not completely. I said there are some signs that we should look into other channels. And I've been mentioning YouTube and interest. What is your advice on using those channels for B2B? So B2B... LinkedIn is the place to go. And I think until you've really mastered LinkedIn, there is no need for you to jump onto other channels. But I think a YouTube is a second channel for B2B. Uh, frequency to post. I think you should post daily. I think a daily post uh, for any social media channel. Sometimes I don't post every day, but I think one good post a day is the frequency that I recommend. So this was the weekly Q&A inside my Somba community. And I thought it would be a fun treat for you to give you a sneak peek how this all works out. I'm excited to answer more questions in the upcoming Q&A. And if you're not a part of the Samba community, make sure you get on the waitlist. It's sigrun.com forward slash Samba, or just hop on over to the show notes and there's a link there for you to sign up. We will be opening doors to Samba 
early in January, right after 12 days of masterclasses. So if you sign up for 12 days of masterclasses, you will also get all the reminders on how you can get our special training. We have a really special training coming up in January, a training that has never been available for free before. It's been paid and now I'm going to make it available for free for you. So make sure you take part in the Zomba training early in January 2019. I'll see you there. If you're inside Zomba, I'm looking forward to your questions in the upcoming Q&A post. If you're not already inside my Samba community, make sure you get on the waitlist for Samba by going to signal.com forward slash 268. And there you also find the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on Apple Podcasts. See you in the next episode.